Amen, amen. <laughs> Almost had that prayer. Just got cut off at the end. So good to see you. Welcome, welcome to God's house this morning. How many glad you're here? Say amen. Yep, thank you. So glad. Always good to see everyone here. Um, and uh, glad to see people join us online every week. And I believe our online audience is slowly growing and uh, reaching more people for Jesus. That's what it's all about, right? So, um, yeah, I'm so glad you're here today. Um, we're heading into a new season, aren't we? Lots of things happening. And, of course, we, you know, it's the start of the month, so we're starting a brand new series as well. And our series this month is entitled Made for More. Can we say that together? Made for More. You were made for more. Let's pray before we begin. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for gathering us here today. Thank you for speaking through me today. Even though I've got this cold, I believe that you're going to just give me the power to plow through and to present your message in a powerful way that it impacts every one of our lives today. May we hear that message, combine it with faith, let it go past our minds, into our hearts, go right down into the feet that we live out this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Everyone say to amen. So, yeah, amen. We're made for more. And um, the title of the message that I've got for you today is called A Vessel Unto His Honor. <clears throat> you know, there's lots of great preachers in the world preaching great messages. And uh, sometimes I, I'm able to spend some time and listen to a message or two. And I listened to a message that was spoken by a guy named Jensen Franklin. I don't know if you've heard about him. Or not. But he's down in the States and he uh, was speaking to about 3,000 college students. And he was talking about, the, about this very... Uh, text that I'm going to go through in Second uh, Kings chapter 4. And so as I was listening, I realized, you know what? This is not a message for, that was 10 years ago. This is a message for today, right now, for you and I today. So I started, you know, so I'm going to take the essence of what he spoke, and I'm going to add to it what I felt uh, the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and want to preach it to you today. Is that okay? Okay. There's a famous story in the Old Testament that I'm, going to, that I'm preaching from today, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. A, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. He was a God-fearing man. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass... When the vessels were full, all the vessels were full, that she said to her son, 
bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. In Bible times, in, those, in, in Bible days, if you couldn't pay your bills, the creditors could come to your house and literally enslave your family to pay for your debts. So, this woman had just lost her husband. She had no income coming in. So, picture this. The creditors are coming to her door, knocking on her door to enslave her two sons. This is really a picture today of the spirit of the age coming to enslave the next generation, knocking on the doors of our homes, of our churches, saying, we're going to enslave your sons and your daughters. Your sons and daughters will be slaves. And we will enslave them through drugs, through alcoholism, through sexual immorality. And yes, we will even steal their identity as men and women, as boys and girls, as male and female, made in the image and the glory of God. We will do that to them. We will, yeah, we will chain them. We will bind them. We will addict them. And listen, in this story, and even today, the only thing between the creditors coming and taking the next generation into slavery is the oil. Is the oil. Oil in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. The miracle power of God. The supernatural dimension, intervention of God. And the only thing that could stop our next generation from being enslaved is not programs, is not fancy performances. It takes the anointing of Holy Spirit to set us free and to keep us free and to stay free. Amen? It takes Holy Spirit. Because the Bible tells us where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Shout it out. Freedom. Wherever the Spirit is, there's freedom. Freedom. I want you to see, and I also want you to see that in the story, that the answer, where was the answer? It was in the house. In the house. Not out there. Not out there. But right here in the house. And the prophet says to the woman, what do you have in your house? <laughs> Such a great question. Such an important question. Because what you have in your house, in our house, can either bring that miracle or it can stop that miracle, hinder that miracle from coming into your house. What do you have in your house? It's such an important question. Verse 2, So Elisha said to her, Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And the prophet, I'm reading between the lines, said to her, you know, that's all you really need. That's what you really need. But I want you to notice in this story that, that the problem, the issue, is not the oil. Because the oil is there, 
The oil is available. The oil is not the main issue or the main emphasis. The main issue and the main emphasis is not about God multiplying oil from just a small jar of oil. You know, because, because God has an unlimited supply of oil, doesn't he? So the main emphasis, the main emphasis or issue is this. Is there a vessel? Is there a vessel? If you want a miracle from God, then get, give something to God that he can pour into. Amen? And I want you to notice this. It was the woman herself who determined the measurement and the magnitude of the miracle that she would receive, not God. The woman determined the measurement and the magnitude of a miracle. Of a miracle. Verse 3, Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. See, empty vessels. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Go find empty vessels, as many as you can find, and then bring them into the house. In other words, if you, you literally, you and I, we can determine the amount of miracle which allows God to flow into our lives. We can determine. We, we can determine the miracles that God does in our life. Do we agree with that? Can you see that in that scripture? So, heaven, we know, has an endless supply of oil. The issue is, can God find a vessel to pour his oil into today? Today. Then a prophet says to the woman, in verse 4, and, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Shut the door behind you and your sons. The prophet says, shut the door. Shut the door. What's he talking about? Here's what I think he's talking about. Two, maybe three things. He's talking about separation. He's talking about being a separated, holy people that God can use for his purposes. He's talking about you know, separation, shutting the door on some things, separating yourself, maybe, maybe, you know, saying no to maybe some people, some situations, shutting the door, maybe to some relationships or situations that are not pleasing to God. And the second thing is, when he says shut the door, I believe it's about the shutting the doors to the spirit of the age to what the enemy is bringing into our homes, bringing into our churches, and even bringing into our cities in a big way. And shutting the door is also about us, you and I, just rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit to be a true blue noble royal defender of this coming generation. Amen? You know, rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit, and shouting out, leave our children alone. Leave the next generation alone. So, and verse 5 says, when she went from him, she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Verse 6, now when it came to pass, now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, 
that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. As long as there was a vessel, the oil kept flowing. Let me tell you, God wants vessels. God is looking for vessels. I'll give you a couple of analogies. Franklin used these good analogies. You go to the grocery store, and your intention is, I'm just going to go there and buy a quart of milk. So you go and buy that milk, and he goes, oh, man, I, got, I need bread. I need toast for breakfast tomorrow. So you buy that toast. And while you're going by, you pass the meat counter, and it's really unusual, this organic hamburger on for sale. So I got to get that now. So you grab that. Then you see you're going down the snack aisle. Oh, you feel your, you know, nacho chips. So I got to get that too. Oh, and I need salsa too. So you're heading back, to, you know, and you see a few other things too as well, but you're heading to the uh, checkout counter. And what's going, you know, the thought that's going into your mind is, man, I should have brought my bag, right? And, and if you're like me, you don't want to pay 25 cents for that bag that you're going to throw away right away, you know? So you say, well, I can do it. You gather all those groceries on your arm, and they're spilling over, and they're falling to the ground. And the thought that's going in your mind is, you know, the thing I really need at this moment is the bag. It's the container. Isn't that right? We've all experienced that. Here's another great example. Think about ordering a pizza. You order a pizza. It comes. <clears throat> the delivery guy, you know, rings your doorbell. You open the door, and he's carrying your pizza, your pepperoni pizza, in his hands. And the juice and, and the juice and the cheese has just started to ooze down his arm. And the first question you, that you want to ask him is this. Where is, finish it, where is, where is, yeah, where is the box? And the thought that's going through your mind is, I wonder where his hands have been before he touched my pizza. Isn't that right? Listen, the box, the box, the box. The little, that box. There's a picture up there somewhere of the box coming. That box, okay, what does it cost? 50, maybe 40, maybe 50 cents, right? Not very valuable. But listen, it takes on, that box takes on tremendous importance because of what's put in it, right? What's put in it. The box does not give value to the product. The product gives value to the box, right? 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the ex exceeding greatness of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. Great scripture. And just like this box, just like this box, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, this empty box, there's a picture of an empty box, there we go, just like this box. You don't have to be um, great looking, you don't have to be um, super smart, you don't have to be super talented, super gifted, have your life all together, but you do have to be empty and you have to be clean. Amen? You have to be, God's saying, you know, he's looking for boxes that are empty and clean. You know, I believe that some people are so full of themselves that God can't use them. 
full, so full of their problems, problems of the past, undealt memories, you know, undealt issues, offenses in their life, so full of their own plans and purposes of what they think is going to bring happiness and pleasure and, and everything else for their life. So full of the cares of the worries and anxiety that they literally have minimized themselves in their usefulness to God. God can't use them as vessels. You know, I've been there. And sometimes I struggle with that too as well. Second Timothy 2.20. In a large house, there are vessels, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man, if a man cleanses himself, you know what I'm saying? Well, I can't do, you know, God can do everything, but the man has to be willing. I talk to people who are struggling with their identity. Same old issues, year after year. Can't get out of that. You know, any, you know I believe nothing is impossible to God, but so much is up to us too as well. We, want, we have to want to be clean. We, want to, we have to want to be delivered, right? And we, so, God says that if you'll just be clean, and empty, you can be my vessel. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, if a man cleanses himself, God gives us ability, his ability within us. He will be a vessel for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. You know, I realize, you know, in this day and age, we've got ministries like divorce care and grief share because, you know, those hurts, they run so deep in our life. Our past can so much have a grip on us, and I'm never ever going to try to minimize. If you're struggling with things in your life, I want to tell you that, that you have hope in Jesus Christ. You know, you, you keep on coming to Him, and you cry, 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 crying out to Him, and, you know, and His grace, you know, would be greater than your sin. And, and then your, the offenses in your life. Amen? So don't ever give up on Jesus. Don't give us, I'll never get over this issue. I'll never become the person I've called to be. You can and you will. He can set you free. Amen? God says, if you just be clean, but if you'll just be clean and empty, you can be my vessel. My vessel. And I'll give you my oil. I'll give you my purpose. And I'll give you my will for your life. All God needs is a vessel to be clean and empty. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a sacred temple temple of God. The living Holy Spirit of God is living inside you. Amen? Isn't that incredible? Wow. So it's amazing. This awesome Holy God actually live, can live, live through us. It's amazing. That's His vessel. You were God's you were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood so by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. 
exclamation mark. Satan hates your body. He hates your body, right? He, but listen, he can't mess with the oil. He can't mess with the Holy Spirit. So he tries to mess up your body. And that's why it matters how we live. It matters if we get drunk. It matters if we get addicted to drugs. It matters if we live outside of God's plan and will for our lives. It matters because God is looking for vessels to be empty and clean that he can use. Satan hates the box. He hates the box. God came down from heaven to earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. What did they do to him? They hated the box. They beat him. They ripped apart his flesh. And then they nailed him to the cross. And when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he cried out, It is finished. Not I am finished. It is finished. And they buried him in an empty tomb. And he was there for three days. But while he was in the grave, he went down to the very depths. And he took away the keys of death and hell from Satan himself. He, he, he took away his authority. And that's why the devil is a defeated foe. And that's why the devil cannot hold you down. Hold you down with that addiction or that depression or that poverty. He cannot hold you down. Why? Because Christ has the, cre- the key. He can set you free. Amen? Amen. We should be thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. They beat him. They brutalized him. They buried him in an empty tomb. But after three days, he rose from the grave. There was no grave that could ever hold him down. And there's no grave that can hold you down. Amen? And listen, when you die, and you will die someday, he will come, he will resurrect you, and he will take you with him to be in, with him in eternity forever and forever. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Listen, we, we, we were made for more. We were made for more. We were called and created to be vessels of God unto his glory and to his honor. We were made for more. Every society has seven spheres, what they call seven mountains of influence. Seven mountains. And I, and I, I preached on up this a year before. Amy reminded me. <clears throat> you know, every... God wants... God has called people into every one of these spheres. These spheres are literally in every society, whether it's here in Asia, <clears throat> in Africa, wherever you go, <clears throat> you will find these seven spheres of influence. Arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, religion, the church. It's time to reclaim this a seven mountain of culture, seven mountains of culture. God has placed and God wants to place people in every one of these mountains, mountains and spheres of influence. And if you're a Christian, let me see, you're a Christian, you are called, you are called, you're in full-time Christian work, right? Whether you're driving nails or you're driving a truck or you're preaching from the pulpit or whether you're a, a mom taking care of your kids at home, you are called. You are a vessel 
placed on one of these mountains. Amen? And God has called his people into the workplaces in order to fulfill, in order to fulfill his purposes. You know, we've all heard God has called his people into workplace to fulfill his purposes. We've all heard of men, stories of men and women who actually left the workplace for the ministry. And I believe that certainly God does call people to do that at times. And that's what he did for me. I mean, I loved what I did before I became a pastor. In fact, sometimes I thought I loved it even more. I loved being in business. I loved the thrill. And I loved the money, too. Maybe that's why he took me out of there. You know, I enjoyed the wealth. But I learned to be a giver, too, as well. But there's always that tension, right? But I believe that God places... No, the, the ministry of being a, a businessman is, is, to, is so godly. You know, and I think that's why Success Builders is such a great ministry. It's about giving and impacting the kingdom. Using wealth to impact the kingdom. And so, you know, but we've seen so many times when people have put their jobs because they felt that their, their role as a, a, in being involved in a secular workplace wasn't as important. Let me tell you, God does not make a distinction between what we call the sacred. Oh, it's the ministry. I've got a ministry role involved. I've got a ministry. <clears throat> I'm working in the church, right? So it's, it's the sacred. God doesn't make a distinction between the sacred and the secular, right? If you're involved, you're, 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 uh, you're involved in any place, you're doing anything in the workplace, listen, you know, what you're doing in the workplace is just as important as what I'm doing here today, preaching the gospel, right? And, and uh, it, it is so important that we realize that the call to the secular workplace is as important as any other calling. Because God wants his people in every sphere of society, in every sphere of life. Because people would never come to know him if we totally segregate ourselves from society, from the, from the workplace. So we're all in missions. Listen, we're all in missions. We're all missionaries. I'm a minister, but so are you, just as much. You're a minister. We're all ministers, we're all in mission, and we're all missionaries. Do we agree with that? Okay. I want to add to that. I believe we're living in special times, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep on talking about that all the time. Because I, I truly believe we are living in a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment. I looked up Kairos moment. Kairos, that word Kairos, it's an ancient Greek term. It's translated the right time or opportune moment to do or say something. Also tr translated as climax, critical moment, decisive, loaded moment. I like that, loaded moment. A Kairos movement, listen to this, a Kairos moment occurs when it's God's time to act in human affairs. I believe we're going to see the intervention of God in human affairs like we've never seen. Holy Spirit is present and moving in a person, situation, or group to accomplish some specific work for the advancement of the kingdom of God. I believe the prophets. There is a move of the Spirit. That's, uh, that's happening, it's, it's, it's coming, and literally, I'm, I'm going to prophesy this to you, it's going to be right in this room. It'll shake our nation, 
and it will shake the world globally. God is speaking, and he's gathering his prophets from all over the place, and, and the prophets are all speaking the same things. And Harvest Outreach International, look it up. Look it up on your computer. Harvest Outreach International is a ministry that, that also gathers the words being spoken by the prophets and then presents them to the body of Christ. And here's the latest words I heard just last week about what the prophets are saying. God's saying, This is the hour I will raise up good shepherds and put them over my lost sheep. At the same time, I will remove wicked, corrupt leaders who have harmed my sheep. This is the hour of God's vengeance and justice. Wow. He's going to remove wicked leaders, shepherds in all the lands. There is coming a changing of the guards, replacing all bad leaders in every place on all seven mountains of society. God has seen them looking for vessels. I'm looking for people who will care for people. Leaders, shepherds, same terminology. A shepherd is anyone who cares for people. Our governmental leaders are supposed to be shepherds who care for people. He says there will be a valid changing of the guards swiftly and suddenly. I'm going to replace all unrighteous leaders who have sold themselves out to look after only themselves. A total reset globally, federally, locally, in every sphere of society is coming. In government, judicial systems, business, churches, churches, education system, health and welfare system, and on and on and on, will be replaced with godly leaders. I say, Lord, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. It's the oil, let me see. Let me see it. Let me tell you, the, the oil is moving again. The oil is moving again. And if you're a vessel, yeah, thank the Lord. If you're a vessel that's clean and empty, God will use you. God will use you. You know, I've been preaching now for, I don't know, almost too many years, you know. You know, and um, I've never, ever in my entire life, I can honestly say this, I've never gotten up here to preach and thought, you know what, God, I got this, I got this, I can do this, no problem. I've never thought that. Oh, every single week, and you can tell my wife, she'll tell you, she gets me tired of whining to her, saying, you know, but I, I, I cry out to God. I say, God, I, I just can't do this. I just can't do it. I need your help in order to preach this message. You know, and at the time, you know, I'm getting ready to prepare, and I'm thinking I'm going to have to preach on the weekend. I feel this huge insecurity just come over me like this blanket. It's like it's my past. You know, like, I'm nothing. Like, who am I? You know, and I feel like I'm just a sinner. You know, I'm a sinner. I mean, I've thought wrong thoughts throughout the week. I've so, spoken some things I shouldn't have said. I should, I, I should have done some things I should have done, and I didn't do it. I'm a sinner, Lord. Why would you ever want to use me? I feel so unqualified. I just want to be honest with you. I think every preacher feels that. And so, you know, 
That's the time when I need to shut the door. Shut the door on all my past. And I need to, and then just let the blood of Jesus cleanse me out. Just clean me out. Just empty me. And it's that time. It's, that's the time when I stand up. And I cry out to, to God. Say, Lord, I want to be your vessel. So, Lord, I empty myself of myself so that you can be and do all you need to be and do through me. Amen? Amen. I'm your vessel, Lord. We're all vessels, aren't we? We are the body of Christ. And we, together, are the vessels, the vessel that God wants to use in this time, in this hour, more than any other time, maybe, possibly. We are the body of Christ. God needs you. Listen, Holy Spirit cannot preach this sermon. He can't, can he? Holy Spirit cannot, will never reach your family and your friends for Christ. He will never, he will, he will never do that. But if he can find a vessel, he can save your family and your friends from going to hell. Amen? He's looking for vessels. The problem is not the oil. It's not Holy Spirit. The issue is he's got to find the vessel. Empty, willing, and clean. Not perfect. Not perfect. Not trying to say you've got to be perfect. We've all got issues. The question is, when he uses you, who gets to praise? Do we praise the box? Does the boss get the praise? No, you don't praise the box. You praise the one inside of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm thanking him right now. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I'm standing up preaching. I should be in bed. I've been so sick. I barely crawled, crawled out of bed yesterday. God is so good. You don't praise the box. You praise the one within the box. And if you would, God is saying, if you would be my vessel, if you would be empty clean, empty and clean, then I will use you. I will use you. I will preach through you. I will heal through you. I will do miracles through you. If you would be an empty vessel. This, let me see. Let me say it this way. A vessel unto, your, unto his honor. That's your, that's your life's purpose. You are called to be a vessel, to be used by God for His glory, for His honor, for His purpose here on earth. Otherwise, the moment you got born again, why didn't He just translate you to heaven? Because He's left you here because He has a purpose for you. He wants, God needs to move through people. He moves through His church. He needs, God needs you. I believe this is your life's purpose and, and nothing else satisfies. Nothing else will give you, you a sense of purpose and meaning in your life. And the Lord is saying, give me your vessel, give me your vessel and I will give you miracles. I'll give you my power. I'll give you Holy Spirit power for this generation. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe that God is saying, you, you're the answer for this generation. You are. You're the answer for gener this generation. You know, in Acts chapter 9, God sent a man named Ananias to, to pray for a person who had just received Christ. His name was Saul, who later became Paul. 
Acts chapter 9.15. But the Lord said to him, to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Listen, he's, Paul was a chosen vessel. You all are chosen vessels for God. Do you agree with that? Not because you feel worthy, because you're talented, you're super gifted. No, not because of that. Because God has called you. You're an earthen vessel. That's all we are. But when God puts His Spirit inside of us, wow, then God can move. Amen? Amen? God is saying, I have a magnificent plan for your life. Don't waste your vessel. Don't give your vessel to uncleanness. Amen? You know? And the, and the Holy Spirit would say, you know, God would say, who will be my vessel? In this time, in this hour, who will be my vessel? Who wants their life to really count? And hopefully you say, me, Lord, me, Lord. Use me. Amen? And you know where it all starts? It begins by surrendering your life every day to Jesus. Sometimes more than just once a day. But surrender your life to Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's the challenge today. Be God's vessel. Right? Be willing to be used by God. Right? Bow your heads. I'm going to pray the simple prayer. And why don't we just all stand? <coughs> we just lift your hands to heaven. Just hands to the Lord. And pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, Father in heaven, Holy God, I received this message today. I'm called to be your vessel. I'm not perfect. I'm not so clean. But you can make me clean. Make me clean and empty so I can be filled with Holy Spirit's presence and power. Lord, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Just be seated for a moment. You said that prayer, God heard it from your lips. Amen. I kind of brought you into that prayer. But there's something so powerful about confession together, isn't there? Amen. So just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. And I want to say this. Maybe you're, you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to tell you, if you're here, you've never done that. He's beckoning you. He's calling you today to receive what He has for you. A new start in life. A new beginning. The gift of eternal life and your final place of, of, of living is in a place called heaven where you'll never die. You'll be with Him for eternity. And if that's you, I want to tell you, you need to put your trust. You need to put your life into the hands of the one who created you for his purpose and for his glory. Amen? And if that's you, I'm going to lead you into this prayer. But, I, and I, but when you pray this prayer, I want you to pray it with all your might. You can receive Christ. You can receive eternal life. Your destiny can be changed forever. You can even receive a brand new start and purpose for your life. If that's you, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you believe. And so I know that you died 
on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe you shed your blood on the cross so that I could be free from all the condemnation that I've gone through through my life, that I can be set free to live a life that's pleasing to you. So Father in heaven, please forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. And Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now if you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you say, you're here, you're sitting here in this auditorium, and you said that prayer for the very first time, could you raise your hand and just wave it? Raise your hand and wave, and wave it high. Amen? Wave it. I see that hand. Thank you. Wave it. You're receiving Jesus Christ. Anyone else, you receive Christ today. If you're watching online, touch that hand at the bottom of the screen. And then we'll, you know, and, 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 and they'll put you in contact with us. And then we'll tell you what your next step in your faith walk with Jesus is. If you're here, you said that prayer. Will you go back to the Connections booth? We'll do the same for you. Your next step of faith with Christ. What an awesome, awesome decision. Amen? Amen.